through my last few years of working at the hospital, there was a really, um, at that space in time to my disordered eating and, and all of that was real volatile. And so, you know, that was a little bit of the unraveling, but that wasn't quite enough. I still was holding on to a lot of patterns and and ways of being. And, and as I went through recovery, I had really gotten to a point where on the surface, I was better. My body was responding better. It was healing better. I was in all the, in all the outward sense, I was better. And that came with its own dynamic too, right? I think especially being praised when in my experience, and I feel like with many others, when there is those disordered patterns with our body and with food and with movement, it really was a space where I was highly praised in. And so, and the, the more that the smaller that I got, or the more intense that I worked, or the more injured that I became because I was working so hard, it was celebrated. Wow, look, like how many times was I, I had many broken bones and many pieces from too much exertion, too much exercise, and I would be working out and getting my 10,000 steps with my crutches and doing all the things. And it was just, I was just, it was so much, right? I was making everyone happy and and I was feeling good about it. Who doesn't like to be praised? Welcome to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where we delve into the depths of our inner selves, uncovering authenticity and transformation. Join us for enlightening conversations on breathwork, self-discovery, and the profound journey within. I'm your host, Josh Perry, joined by the delightful Hannah Oxley. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deeper Awareness Podcast. I am Hannah, and today Josh and I are joined by one of our mentors from when we were certified for breathwork, Megan Sanvey. And I am so excited for you to listen to her story. It's so relatable and she's just so down to earth. And it was so just amazing and fun spending some time with her. We talk about intuition and safety in your body and all good things. So please enjoy this episode. I am Megan and I spend a lot of my time sharing breathwork and somatic healing with other individuals and and movement practices and and just ways to connect back really con- somebody to connect back into themselves and start to understand what that gets to feel like and if they desire that and if they don't desire that and you know it came into my life in such steps there was this, it, I got introduced to this and then it followed this and this, and there was just this little dropping of process that then has kind of accumulated into this space. And I think if you would have told Megan of five years ago, Megan of 10 years ago, that this would be the space that she was in, first of all, I wouldn't even have know what this stuff was. And second of all, it would be so far from the path. It would be so far from the plan. And um, even that has had its ebbs and flows, right? To, to, feel okay moving into something that wasn't the plan. But when you can feel how, how that feels in your body and the stability and the groundedness that feels in your body, it's really hard to try to shift or make something different out of what is what's here for now. And and who knows in a year or five years or 10 years, maybe I'll be doing something else. I've never, ever heard of. We'll see. I hope not, but we'll see. (laughs) were you somebody at one point that was like planning and like by this day by this year I have to have like everything yeah absolutely you I mean I did all of the the right things I did really well in school I went to got my four-year education went on to get my master's went to work in the clinical setting and it just was plodding along until it wasn't and that there was just these moments of deep unsettling and a lot that came up in physical manifestation and emotional manifestation of that, that was just so not it. So not right. And, and there is, of course, looking back, I can see now like, huh, oh yeah. Right. Why would that be? And, And how are there still parts of that? But in the moment, that's not, it wasn't the most comfortable space by any means, by any means. Yeah, because we we talk so much about 
safety and how that feels in the body. And when I am facilitating a person for the first time with breath work, it's like when you introduce that, like they know what safety is. They know like they know the definition. But when you say like, do you feel safe in your body? Where do you feel safe in your body? That people are like, wow, well, I don't know if I have felt that in so long. So reflecting back, is that something that kind of was showing itself to you? Like, like, well, mm. that was not safe. And absolutely not safe and not connected in any way. There was a lot of years of my life where I was very disassociated. And especially when it came to my body, I have a past experiences and a history with disordered eating and addiction to exercise. So there were all of these ways of just escaping this thing and trying to shape it and manipulate it into something that would make me feel what I was desiring to feel, but it never was enough and it never was enough. And that, that really was the beginning of me having an understanding of, I don't want to continue to live my life this way. And then finding work on mindset work and more personal development and space. And that served for a long time until it didn't, because there was always something else. And I didn't know what the something else was, but I could just see the way people moved or spoke and, and behaved and acted in the world. And I was like, whatever that is, that that's it. And I don't know what the that is. And it didn't come from a space of jealousy or envy. It just was like real deep curiosity of like, I think I'm I'm missing something. I'm not seeing something here. And then of course, in that process, then understanding, oh yes, it is the safety. Yes. It's not just the connection with your body. It's actually being able to feel safe to even connect into your body and then maybe to stay there for a little bit longer and then perhaps a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like in our society, people just wake up and they have, they already don't feel safe. Like they wake up, they have to go do all these things. And it's like they, they do, they just miss that connection of like being able to like wake up and check in, see how you're feeling and then move forward. So, so yeah, that's it's such a journey to, in order to find that. And, and at first identify that that is indeed what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That piece that's missing. Yeah. To even be able to get honest feedback of what is my body sharing with me instead of what I think it should be or what convoluted or kind of distorted views or versions are coming through in that. Even that weeding process was a lot to understand, trust what my body was sharing. And especially in that phase of life and for many years after when people would speak about intuition or I I would have conversations with individuals or they would share and, and I never could accept that it was just this thing that you had to practice and be with. But I was like, but what is the three point plan on how you get that? Like you, if you tell me all the steps, I'm so good at figuring it out. I'm great at figuring out, I will learn it and I will master it and I will have it. And I just, that there was never that. And I would have paid all of the money for the influencers PDF to give me the answer to that. And there just never, ever was and that that too and just releasing that and saying it is a process and it does come with really dedicated time and energy poured into being quiet and and listening actually hearing what's there so was there like a time where you realized that all the answers are inside of you breathwork has definitely been supportive in that and I'll say breathwork and also just times of silence, whether that's meditation or whether that's stillness in whatever way that is, it, it, that's where it's clear to me. That's where there's many phrases like that, right? All the answers are inside of you or, um, that is an example. And I would say that over and over and over again, and I would, I would believe it. But suddenly there's days where it starts to move from my brain. It moves from the words that I'm saying. And suddenly it's starting to seep its way down through my neck and into my arms and my legs and my chest. And I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. Right. Like the embodiment of it. You can like there's moments where I can just feel the embodiment of certain phrases or words or concepts shifting from a very cognitive space down into a deeper layer. And it's in that it's, oh, yes, I see. 
I, I do understand the words that I'm sharing or that others are sharing because I feel it in, in my body actually. Mm. I love that. It's so beautiful. Mm. So Megan, we love to hear people's, we, we've identified it in one of our episodes. It was given a name as transitional point. So we have life going on. We're doing the things. And then all of a sudden something happens. And we often have like little, little moments, little life is like trying to send a little message and it gets louder and louder and louder until it's like the two by four on the side of the head. So we would love to hear, like, take us back maybe to even your childhood and what, what that looked like. And then the aspirations of how you wanted life to look or how you were taught life should look. And then just as, as you were sharing earlier, that, that transitional point. Where it all unraveled Mm -hmm. became (laughs) something different. Yeah. Um, You know, I can say growing up, I just, I always said, and I continue to say, I just had a really, really beautiful childhood. And I had such loving parents and a sibling that is still to this day, my best friend and my brother and I get along so well. And it just was really what you would want and what you would imagine as an adult, I see a broader picture of that and not that it wasn't, but there was a lot happening within my family dynamic. My parents had lost two children before I was born, before my brother and I were born. And I was really born into deeply, deeply profound grief. Mm -hmm. And I can, so much of what was very normal as a child, I can see now as an adult of like, huh, yeah, that, that probably wasn't the, whatever normal is. Right. But, oh, like, oh, I can see how that definitely wasn't everyone's experience or how that those pieces impacted me. And with a lot of work and reflection space, I can feel where and see very clearly where I took a lot of that on as a child. Nobody placed that on me, but I was there and I got to make people happy and I got to help them feel better. And so if I kept my role of doing good, being good, staying in that lane, people were happy and it was safe and it was great for everybody. And how that then just continued to play out again, as I shared, I did all the right things. I did really well in school. I got the degrees. I did all the things I had the professional job, all of the pieces that were just perfect in, in the plan of that. And through my last few years of working at the hospital, there was a really, um, at that space in time to my disordered eating and, and all of that was real volatile. And so, you know, that was a little bit of the unraveling, but that wasn't quite enough. I still was holding on to a lot of patterns and and ways of being. And, and as I went through recovery, I had really gotten to a point where on the surface, I was better. My body was responding better. It was healing better. I was in all the, in all the outward sense, I was better. And that came with its own dynamic too, right? I think especially being praised when in my experience, and I feel like with many others, when there is those disordered patterns with our body and with food and with movement, it really was a space where I was highly praised in. And so, and the, the more that, the smaller that I got or the more intense that I worked or the more injured that I became because I was working so hard, it was celebrated. Wow. Look like how many times was I, I had many broken bones and many pieces from too much exertion, too much exercise. And I would be working out and getting my 10,000 steps with my crutches and doing all the things. And it was just, I was just, it was so much, right. I was making everyone happy and, and I was feeling good about it. Who doesn't like to be praised, right? Who doesn't like to have that. So in that, even unwinding that identity from the situation too was a lot and still, and so is, I can still feel that pull back and forth. And so as I went through that space and really was healthy and and good, um, 
it was starting to kind of tip into a space of like, but I'm not, but I'm not. And then not was getting louder and louder and louder. And it was really an internal voice that that was coming from. And from there, I had a relationship dissolve that was supposed to be all the things that a relationship is and have and look a certain way. And on there, adding some layers of some really deep grief and loss after losing somebody and at that point in time, the rug just got pulled out from under me. Like everything just, I, it, the better was not doing what it needed to do anymore. And it just imploded. And it was a very, very dark, heavy season and of life. And I have listened to a couple of your podcasts and it happened in 2019. And that seemed to be a theme for many individuals um, in the ones that I had listened to as well. And it just, <clears throat> I, in that time, breathwork had been on my radar for about a year. And of this good thing that I should try, I had no reason why it was good or why I should try it, but it was just a good thing I should try. And in, in just truthfully full desperation of anything to make me feel better, I tried a session. I overrode my system and had a panic attack at the end of the session and thought, screw this, this isn't the thing either. And um, it's a combination of a higher power at work and probably, as I laugh, and it's not funny, but it is funny at this time, likely the instability that I was in, I was like, screw it, I'm going to sign up for facilitation training. And I did the next day. And I was like, what are you doing? You don't even like this thing. <laughs> you hate this thing. You've had one awful experience with this thing. Like you don't have the money. Like what is happening? And they're like fully 50, 50 higher power and just an unstable response to a situation that worked out really well in my favor. Um, and through that with, there came a lot of rewiring as I started to dive into breath work because there was a lot from the life up to that point. And there was also a lot of harm that happened during the first session that I had. And that's on me, right? That's my responsibility. But it was a very intense session. It was not facilitated. It was a recording. And I just overrode because you do what you're told to do. You make the person happy, right? You follow the line, those same playouts. And so there was a lot of rewiring that came for my nervous system to understand. I didn't breathe for a long time after that. And it took me a very long time and finding a trauma informed approach to that. I credit with me being able to be a facilitator today and me continuing with that. And if I think I would have found anything else, I don't think that I would feel the way that I do. And, and I know I wouldn't facilitate the way that I do and hold space for the way that I do. And you know, I laugh and I joke and because goodness, you have to at like the state of me that was there. But I also don't believe that we have to traumatize individuals in the name of trauma healing. I think that's a very outdated way of thinking and, and processing and, and I'll say for my opinion, not actual healing and anybody can take that as they desire to, but there's other ways. And so that came really vitally important for me of from that moment on how I will care for myself and how I choose to offer that to other individuals that I open up and hold space for as well. Hmm. There's so much um, that I, just I want a to whole discuss. Bunch at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just so much good goodness in there. And so thank you for just sharing all that. Um, I wonder if we can touch on, well, what stood out to me was when you were talking about, it's like the presentation that we're okay. Mm -hmm. And the, the way I discovered that, how it showed up for me was, um, I didn't know what shame was. And so shame was inside me and it was outside me. And, and I, once I once I uncovered it and discovered it, I realized I could feel it like a, it was like a raincoat on my, over my body. And it, it was like my, my essence was just covered and oozing with it. And it was my normal. And there was so much that I didn't like about myself inside 
that I had to create. And, and this is so in blockbuster video, they had the, um, cardboard cutouts of the movie, the trailer mm -hmm. or the actor or whatever. I pictured that was what I was holding up to the world was. So it was cardboard thin, this presentation to the world. And if anyone tried to sneak around the backside, I'd be like, what are you doing? Get back in front of me so I can hold this up. And I was terrified to look inside. And I've shared this before that I was, I was afraid what I found inside would confirm how I felt and believed about myself. And so there was just no way I was looking inside that. That was like the biggest, um, if I, if I was going to die on a hill, it was that I'm not looking inside. I was just adamant about that. It, it just felt too terrifying to look inside. And so um, as I have been on my journey of, I think what you said was um, trying to remember the phrasing, but from how I heard it was that I was a mindset coach and I was getting my mind straight. I had better thoughts but I still felt about myself that that hadn't changed because I hadn't gone in inward. And so one of these times Hannah wants to interview me. So I get to share my story, but I, I like to have these little pockets of, of episodes. And so I just really wanted to thank you for naming that and bringing that forward. It feels like, so as a, a mindset coach, people were coming to me to help them achieve goals. And I was like, okay, if we don't uncover why you're needing to achieve, you're going to be on that hamster wheel the rest of your life. And so then I, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to help you do that. I will help you go inside and discover and maybe you still achieve, but it'll be from a, a healed position instead of this. I've got to do this stuff to stay busy, to, to be praised. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that addictive praise. Where the wheels come off the bus, right? It's the like understanding of like, yes, I have better thoughts, but now there's even a wider gap between my better thoughts and what's happening mm. past my jaw. Mm. Like it, for me, that was a space of like, oh my gosh, now there's like, there's even like more static and more disconnect because like, it, it's not, it's not happening. And, and it, that was a space for me too. Again, mindset work is beautiful and it has its place. I, I believe after we go into the body and kind of work from the bottom up, but that also created an even bigger loop of shame for me because everybody seemed to be able to get their thoughts right. Everybody able to seem to think their way better or think their way to this job or think their way to the thing that was next. And I was thinking so much and I was thinking so perfectly and I was doing all of the affirmation statements a zillion times a day. And I was doing all of the manifestation things a zillion times a day. And that was just this. And that's where breathwork that, you know, that thought of when my session went awry and it wasn't the miracle that everybody said that it was supposed to be. That again was the shame cycle back in me of like, I guess I can't do this thing either. I guess this thing isn't for me. And that's not it at all. It just was the approach wasn't the most supportive for what I actually needed. I'm so glad that you didn't give up on breathwork. Same, <laughs> same. <laughs> um, and I do think that there is, it, that is where it really is a 50, 50. There was something so much wiser than me that was drawing me to that and knew that the timing of that unfolded in the way that it needed to. I also believe it could have unfolded in a way that didn't have the impact on my system. And I still could have had the same result. I don't believe that I had to have that experience to have what I do, but I did. And that's my space. And thankfully I had support and I had understanding and I had enough instability in my system to be like, we're just going to do this thing that allowed me to get to a space where I could feel solid in that. And I could share it for myself and I could share it with individuals. So we understand having gone through the program, 
Can you talk to our audience about specifically like what happened in that breath work that was too much for your system? And then what does a, a better way to do it look like? Mm, yeah, I sure can. <laughs> um, I will gladly share it to anybody who is willing to listen. Uh, you know, the first thing was, it was a recorded version. It was a recorded session and it was probably about 45 minutes long for somebody who in my state, I was in immense grief and really just like, really didn't care if I was alive or not, to be honest with you. My, I came in in such a unstable space, such a dysregulated space for my nervous system and every part of it. So sitting and being with your breath or being in stillness for 45 minutes, even I'll be honest, even now for me, it's a long time. It's a long time. So there was a lot of time in that for my brain to really go haywire. And, and suddenly what was happening with the breath, it was one, it was a recorded session. So I, there was no prep ahead of time. I had no idea what breath work was. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know that I was a sovereign being. I had never heard the word before. I didn't know that I could say what felt good, what didn't felt feel good, what I, I didn't know I could change or stop or slow down. None of that was shared at the beginning of the session. It was, here's a breath. Let's put on some intense tribal beats, breathe a three-part breath as intensely as you can. We'll come back at the end. And so that much intensity on my system that one had never felt it before two was extremely dysregulated at the time. And just in general, um, all of these emotions and all these sensations started to flood forward. And I'd worked a long time to shove everything deep down and deep somewhere in the dark space. And so for all of that to come up at once, I didn't know how t- my system didn't have the capacity to hold that. I was just sobbing and it was too much. And the breath was getting too much. And I I so viscerally remember the feeling of like, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. And it was just this build. It just kind of felt like it was starting to get away from me. And in that moment then came just a panic state. And I had had panic attacks in the past that wasn't new to me, but it was the first time where I was really just still in, in quote unquote, nothing was happening. And all of a sudden I was in this full state that I couldn't come back from. And it took a lot of time for my system to calm down in that. And, you know, in that our nervous system really has a window of tolerance. We have a space of where we feel stable to hold so much and whether that's an emotion or a stimulation. And when we start to move outside of that come our trauma responses fight, flight, freeze, fawn, we can disassociate or just completely leave the body altogether. And when we are within our window of tolerance, things can feel uncomfortable. Things cannot feel good, but there's an ability for us to stay grounded and present in the moment, to stay in the body, to not have to lean into fight, flight, freeze, fawn, disassociate. And I just blew myself out of the water. There was no concept of even what window of tolerance was or that that was an unsafe thing. It's breath work. How can breathing be an unsafe experience for you? Um, And so, you know, I named a few of those, but in the way that I share now and the way that I know both of you share so beautifully, it is really a conversation with somebody of, can we have titration? Meaning, hey, how are you today? And what feels good for you to handle? And you might not even be able to name that or put it, put words to that. But you have somebody there to pick up on your energy, to ask you questions, to remind you that it is your session. If something doesn't feel good, don't do it. If it's too much, stop, take a break, be done all together. And for many people, I think now that breathwork is getting so much more traction, which I love and I'm so excited about, often what is getting a lot of traction is the intense experiences. And because the way society has conditioned us and the way that we believe so much of us, I believed that that is really the only way to have transformation is to have a deep, deep, intense experience. And it's not intensity doesn't equal transformation. Duration doesn't equal transformation. Some of my most profound sessions are me just 
lightly, lightly breathing, laying in stillness and big things or big emotions start to move and process through. So that reminder of the intensity doesn't equal the transformation and the allowance to say, Hey, this is actually what I need. I don't care what person has what title they have. I don't care what microphone they have. I don't care whatever, you know, like their professional setup is, if it's not right for you and your body, you don't do it. Please don't do it. And so how did that, that second breathwork session go when that finally felt good? How like, It definitely wasn't the second one that felt good. It was many after, but the one that felt good. And I will say this with all certainty, I know that it felt good because what was shared with me before the session was information on trauma. And it was shared that trauma is anything that can happen too much, too fast, too soon, too little, or too long without your consent. And after that was shared, the facilitator said, or the mentor that I was meeting with at the time said, so why do you think that breath work wouldn't be that same thing, Megan? It's like, what? Like my head just like blew off my body. I was like, what? Like, I'll never forget that feeling and that realization and that full permission then to do it gently, to do it different, to, to be in a different state. And that then little by little, it still was not a session that felt good. It still took a lot of time to honor my body and what my body had been through to know like, Hey, you're safe if you can breathe. And I bet it took at least a year of regular breath for me to be able to add in more activating breath patterns or more intensity. And I, they're still not my favorite necessarily, but I can discern when that is supportive to my body. And when that is, when that's driven by my ego, I have more of that discernment with time and practice in that. I had a, an experience during, um, it was before I went through the program and I was participating in Hannah's groups, practicum hours. And I had no understanding of titration or trauma-informed So as a breather, I was not a trauma-informed breather. I was signing up for every day and I would, um, I would just go after it. It was like, let's break the record here and let's heal this shit right now. You know, we'll do it today in this minute. And then there was a lady that invited me into the most gentle, into the nose, out through the mouth and... I don't know if she she invited it or I just decided to explore it, but I I wanted to see how slowly I could inhale and then how it was like almost imperceivable that I was exhaling. It was just so, so, so just slow. And I did that for, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. And I felt so much love coming from the inside mm. out in that moment. And I was just like, okay, has nothing to do with how fast I can do this or how deep I can do this. And, and so I, I feel like I want to do that with a group. And I'm just like, we're just going to go as slow as we can. And this may be the slowest you've ever breathed for the next 30 minutes. And I just want you to have this comparison that this is what's possible. What a gift to offer somebody the the comparison, the other, right? Because you can even say, speed it up, slow it down, or, you know, whatever it is, but actually feel in your body. What does this end of the spectrum feel like? And what is more of an intense or what is the other kind of polar space of that feel like? And then let your pendulum swing somewhere in the middle or see where you might stick or land one space, but to to actually feel that instead of just hear what that is, it makes all the difference. It gives something tangible for somebody to, to be with. Well, I love what you talked about being a sovereign being where you get to decide. The instructor isn't the boss. You're not going to get kicked out if you don't keep up. And, and my, um, the person I was dating prior to the program, she we purchased these, they're called Muse headbands and they, they're brain sensing. It's like an apparatus that goes 
on your forehead and then behind your ear and it tracks your brain and your heart and it has an app and we put on this breathwork one this is like three years ago i didn't know anything about anything and it it had this like keep this cadence and it was just like you're describing the 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 pre-recorded stuff has no connection to the being on the other side the person that that is doing it and so she was going just trying to keep up it was too much mm-hmm. and and then she was like i don't like breath work it was like well it makes sense that you've associated it with that and so i think that's a big message as breath work becomes popular and i find myself even feeding into it i hear stories of other people doing the big the big sessions and it's like oh yeah i don't i i don't buy into that i it it feels like i i want to go there because that was my i don't know if it's a societal thing but it's just like we got to go big we got to go fast we got to go hard and that's the achievement thing that i've been trying to break free from and now it's kind of like seeping into breath work too mm-hmm. as intense as possible i think this is where it comes for me right as intense as possible because then whatever i'm in whatever i'm feeling whatever i'm working through or whatever i think needs to be healed in me then my hope is if i do it intensely enough i'll just mystically be heal- healed after one session and like have amnesia from all the painful memories and not have to feel it like that will just be the the elixir that fixes me and then when it doesn't i'm like what the hell like i did the thing right i want my reward i did the intense thing it felt uncomfortable or it felt good or it felt whatever way that it did like why am I still feeling emotions or why am I still having memories of this like I I want that gone and I think that for me was a lot of tied up in it too of if I just I can breathe myself out of the thing that I'm feeling instead of just using my breath to be with what I'm feeling which some days is great and other days not so much we get to have all the flavors Mm -hmm. and hold it all that was another thing I learned when I was getting trained is you can hold both. You can hold everything. You can hold the all of the sad stuff and all of the good stuff. The awareness that my body has multiple sensations happening at all time was another one of those just mind explosion moments of what do you mean there's multiple, there's two things that are coinciding. What do you mean that my knees feel tight, but my love feel, my heart feels love in it? Or what do you mean my brain feels chaotic, but my hands feel calm. How, how can that be? And that was also starting to kind of have those, those cracks in the seeps into a bigger awareness of, yeah, I get really laser focused on the one thing or the one piece. And sometimes that takes up a whole lot more space than anything else. And that's fine too. It doesn't mean that it's an even split, but there's also something else that's happening within me at the same time that I maybe can lean into for respite not to avoid or to bypass, but I can take a break. I can just ah, exhale into the part that maybe isn't holding quite that intensity to recharge myself, to be able to go back and have the capacity to be in the intense. A big one for me was numbness. Like I remember Mm. the first, I did breath work for the first time. It was somebody that was um, getting their practicum hours too. And I was like, all right, that was, that was cool. I was definitely interested and wanted more. And then the second one I signed up for was a different woman. And it was like, she said, um, at one point, welcome this feeling, welcome sadness, welcome, you know, all of the things. And I remember being like, I don't feel like I'm like looking through my body. I'm like, I don't feel any of those things. And then the last thing she offered was, and if you, if numbness is there, numbness is, is welcome too. welcome that. And I was like, oh my God, so much numbness. I have so, I'm so numb. And just being able to sit with that as an emotion, not like a, it's in my mind, numbness was just like a negative thing. Like it didn't exist. But when I was able to welcome that, I started looking and like, oh my God, there's, I, I feel that everywhere. And then slowly after a few more sessions, I was like, all right, now that the numbness is sort of lifted, I can see what's underneath. Mm-hmm. Nothing is something right? Mm -hmm. Nothing offers so much feedback or it can, it's so much something, not just nothing. 
Mm-hmm. And we don't have to know what the nothing is or the something is, or we don't even have to know. We can just have the awareness of, okay, there's nothing here right now. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's a big thing to invite people to not need to identify. I have to invite myself in to not identify all the time or to figure it out, right? To then get lost in this spinny, spirally space of what does that mean? And how does that look? And how, what do I need to do with it versus, okay, it's here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to have a story. It's just here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And then what dog is back? <laughs> so... Gabor Mate, are mm-hmm. you familiar with him? Mm-hmm. So his book on the myth of normal. And I can't remember the subtitle, but it has to do with trying to fit in in a sick, sick society, a toxic society, something like that. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, where our society is. And then with all these things that we've learned and we're we're still in that world and then trying to create this other world where this there's this new softness or safety oh my gosh yeah to see the way that the collective operates you really kind of pull back and and I think Josh pulling in your share on offering somebody a really slow, slow experience with breath work so they can feel and see something that's different versus what is the typical space, right? That's in the same way as you start to start. I started to expand and explore into the space and see and feel something different than what the condition patterns are than what, when I look out and I go outside, everybody seems to be falling into, or that hustle or that grind or the, the things that we are celebrated for the, the way that we have to show up just so we can earn money and have a home and eat food, right? Even just the basic, basic things for us to survive are such ingrained in the go and the push and the do and the override and the trajectory of you do the perfect thing, you get the good grades, you do the thing, da da da, da you end up here and you you have this whatever this is, the the this thing that you're searching and reaching for. And in the having of that, I was very miserable and it wasn't that. And in the times in my life where there is such this drive to, to be, or to do, there's so much discord and there's so much disconnect that comes with it. Cause I'm just overriding what my body is sharing and what actually feels supportive to me in that. And, and it is also a space that isn't the most comfortable and isn't the most, uh, or can be rather isolating, I'll guess that I will say. And, and in my opinion, also can come with some unraveling of shame or to have shame of, hey, why don't, why can't I just be on the normal path like everybody else and do the thing so I can have this peace? And it does come with, a for me, it has come with a lot of that of really having to examine, yeah, you can go back to the way that you lived before and the way that many others do and that didn't serve you so this is just a different maybe stretch or feelings of discomfort but ones that are ultimately moving me in a path that does feel really aligned and does feel really supportive and I think as more and more people are sharing connection practices are sharing breath work are sharing somatic offerings for people to to feel and sense something different, there is more of an awakening uh, or an intrigue of, hey, these things haven't worked or they haven't been working. I wonder if there's something different and it's starting to grow and build, which is exciting. And when there shifts in society, that feels like, or when there shifts for us individually, we can look at it as a personal level or as a societal level. When you start to shift and change, you threaten all of those who knew you and you played a role in their life, in their way. And so as a society, when individuals start to shift and change, it isn't often met with warm, fuzzy arms and a celebration of it. It's met with a lot of pushback or uh, resistance or frustration because you're starting to 
create an unraveling of what is safe and familiar for society or what is safe and familiar for your family members or your friends or whoever you've kind of moved into those set roles and spaces in. And that's why I get so fascinated too, because I just feel like the collective is like women are starting to want to, you know, be healers again and just finding that role of masculine feminine and just how everyone has had this weird thing in 2019 of like needing like that that little those little whispers became that two by four over the head I love that one Josh (laughs) and just how that something has to change something has to change right now and it's I feel like there's so many people in my life that are feeling that and following that call and thankfully they are those who are and those who aren't there yet we all get to have our own timeline as well in it it doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. there's one way it doesn't mean that I'm doing anything right it means that I'm doing something that right now suits me and if others want to be supported in that I'm happy when and if and how they need that but there's also I don't know who knows if I'm doing it the thing that we're supposed to do but it's fitting and it's working now so that's where I'm gonna stay until it no longer does and see Mm -hmm. what shifts from that point in time. There was a time I was so nervous for like, I remember being like, I'm comfortable now. This is how I want it. But through breath work, I've been able to get excited for that unknown of knowing that everything is temporary, good and bad. And Mm -hmm. just trusting that I'm in the right place at the right time. What has helped with the trust, the breath itself or other pieces? What's helped feel stable in that trust? definitely the breath just the medicine of it but also being vulnerable and allowing to be held in in a session like that was so foreign to me and like that feeling of and I say it in most of my sessions that I offer people it's like I I introduce with that I'm like this sense of held because that was so transformational for me just that I'm like okay held like what does that feel like you know you instantly for me I go back to like being held like as an infant like like trying to think of how that felt and so that that's where that trust comes from for me it's co-regulation baby <laughs> yeah yeah ah mm. I love that because we haven't talked about that yet right like the power of of another individual supporting you in that. And that was, that's been a piece for me too, right? Very hyper-independent. I got it. I can do it. I'm good. Also in that came with, if I got to do it by myself, no one had to see if I had an emotional experience or I didn't have to be weak or vulnerable in front of everybody, all of those, all of those pieces. Right. So that part in itself as well is community. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Being held and supported. There's, I was listening to a podcast a while back, and they were talking about uh, studies that they have been doing on trauma and individuals that have similar or have gone through the same traumatic event, those who heal and have a really stable, stable community, family, church, school, whatever it is, like it didn't have to mean one thing, but those that have community, the way that they are able to process their trauma is exponentially deeper and with more fullness than those who don't have community around them to support them. And that was really profound for me to hear, not just hear the words, but to see if, yeah, there's actually a lot of data that's showing that too, of why community is so, for many reasons, but why that is one reason why community is so vital to be Mm -hmm. held, to be nurtured. Yeah. I remember right before COVID, like that was the first time I ever actually did yoga like I lived like so long in my life and people always assume they're like you must be a yogi person like just the way like I I wore yoga pants or something and I'd be like no I've never done it and so like the first time I did it I think that like the sense of community was really what what really hits you there it's like why do I feel so you know in a different ethereal space after just stretching with a bunch of people it's because you do feel that sense of like oneness with everyone Mm -hmm. and then after during covid i remember being like oh because i I am such like i can be so um um why can i think of my words 
um, just like a homebody, like I, I, I'm uh, introverted and I go extroverted introvert, one of those. And so during COVID, I remember being like, oh, I was just getting used to like that feeling of community. And I was really starting to expand into that and being more comfortable around people. And then, you know, having to be isolated for a year and just, you know, that was so sad to me. So the fact that I'm restarting, like I, there's this like group of women that I go see all the time and like, just, it's so healing. It is just so healing mm-hmm. to be around a, just big groups of people. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So last night I held space in a salt cave and there were 12 people there and I'm just like daring to try little, a little more each time. And what about this? Can we, can we do this? And what will this feel like? And I was drumming. He's added drumming into his facilitation. Uh, (laughs) So cool. So cool. So last night, well, if I back up like a week and a half ago, I was watching a video and this woman that was the teacher, the instructor had everybody start off by holding hands and just feeling the energy of the group connecting in a circle and creating an intention from that space. And so at the very end of the breathwork last night, we were sharing and I sat down. Well, I said, can we do a hand holding circle thingy? And, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. And so I sat down. And so 13 of us just held hands, closed our eyes and just, it was right after the sharing. And so like hearts were open, we had just breathed and there was a safety in that. I feel like if I would have asked to hold hands on the front end of that, everyone would have been like, what? No, you know? And so it's, um, and I just like the idea of showing up as strangers and leaving as family. Like I really want to, to nurture that and create spaces and events where that gets to take place. But I have to go there first where I'm, I'm not reading minds where it's like, ah, nobody wants to do this. It's like, well, maybe we need to do this. I was just going to ask, is there, when something comes in like that for you, especially when it's the first time, is there thoughts that go in your mind or something that moves up through your system. That's like, Oh, I don't know if I should do this hand holdy thing. Yeah. 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 And, and it's like my, my intuition is like, this is what humans need. This is what we're missing. And then my brain's like, but society does this. And so if I go with that gut and just speak it, I'm getting to a place where I'm feeling more confident doing that where before my, my, my mind, that fear would take over and I wouldn't speak it. And so it's been fun just daring to go there with my events, just a little bit at a time. It's the titration of the event creation too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the part of, yeah, I have to be willing to go there too. Because I can tell when I, something drops in like that for me and I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they would hate that. Or then, right, I'll create this whole story of how everyone will hate it and they'll be unsafe, like this, whatever tangent that I go down. It's like, hey, just do this thing. And also examine where that's coming up for me, where that's an edge for me. And maybe I'm pr- the one that needs to be in the group doing the handholdy thing at the end of the session more than any other of the 12 people that are there participating in it. Yeah. And when you learn trauma-informed practices, you just start to become trauma-informed in your life, right? You start to think about titration in not just when someone's on the mat. You learn to think about consent and understanding and um, and the sovereignty of individuals in, in everything that you do. It just becomes baked in your DNA, which is cool, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. So what, what is, what does your life look like right now? What is, what are, what excites you about things that are coming up that you're creating? 
Uh, I am life right now looks like I get to teach breath work and yoga and movement and somatic healing and, and share that and mentor that for individuals, whether that's within pause and whether that's outside of it within, with my, my own practice, there's a few retreats that are getting baked up, which is really exciting. A winter retreat. And then one in October next fall, that's coming down the pipeline. So that feels really exciting. And for me, the the transition of seasons, I'm in Minnesota. It is, I am so ready for like full winter to be here and to soak up all of that. And there's just a really childlike excitement for like the big snowfall that's coming. And like, uh, there's that like really aliveness. Like if you talk to me in about like eight, probably like 12 weeks, I'll be really annoyed that it's still here <laughs> and like really ready for something else. But right now here in this moment, it really excites me. Mm. Yeah. I just got invited to a winter solstice gathering. Oh. That's one of the groups that I go to and they have drums and they do They're They're mostly, it's a mostly Brazilian community. And so they always just bring like all this, just like Amazon feel to them. And it's cool. just so fun. So I went to it last year, just, uh, and it's just, it's a reminder to celebrate, even though the winter is dark and cold, but there's like so much, to be learned mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the permission that that season offers right or can mm -hmm. offer mm -hmm. yeah so it's yeah. exciting mm -hmm. so megan a lot of they talk about our mess as our message and the things that we overcome are the things that we love to help people with um is that true in your retreats like is there a specific thing that is really like passionate for you to kind of share with the world yeah, I think the ability for individuals to, in the retreat space, to have this dual experience, to have this deep connection with yourself, but have the deep connection with community. Mm -hmm. And really paralleling the things that we've talked about and shared today, right, is how are there moments for them to access safety or awareness of themselves, but then feel that they're not alone in that. And to see the participants share and speak life over one another and share light and just laugh. We had a retreat in October and I don't remember the last time that for that many days, I just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And there was such joy and play and lightness. So it wasn't, we weren't always in the work and in the doing of it. It was the real integration came in the moments of just sheer stupidity and just lightness and such joy and really that wonder that like youthful wonder and play yeah and that's an edge for me right I think that that's come a lot of there's not that play is more of an edge for me so to see it and be a part of it and hold space for it all at the same time so healing so supportive for me and my journey so I get to take individuals deeper in that as well so I, I just wanted to reflect my experience with you is there is a lot of um, embodied play and joy that it feels like there's a, a depth of, of joy, of, of aliveness. And so it just, yeah, feels really good just to hang out with you. So I'm like going to cry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad. I, I'm glad, right? I, I hope that that somebody can take something positive away from it. And if not, that's okay too. But that's my intentionality anyway. And just the authenticity of like, especially when you mentioned play, like I'm on that same edge of like, play, like, am I gonna look silly? What, what, what are we playing? <laughs> but being able to go through that. And then even if, if you're going through that while you're hosting a retreat, like just being authentically like, I'm going through the same thing right now. And it's even that much more beautiful that, you know, there's no dogma of somebody being the better, the more enlightened, whatever it is. It's like, it's just being able to be like, no, like we are all going through this little journey together, whatever it is. So that's, yeah, cool. that's really important to me for other individuals to know. I'm the first one to 
you know, poke fun at myself or laugh when I say something ridiculous or, you know, whatever it is, or to say like, Hey, this is an edge for me, or, oh my gosh, I did all of the things that we know we're not supposed to like, I'll own up to all of that. Cause that's just, that feels good to me. And to me, if I presented in a different way, I don't know that I could stand in integrity with myself and really show up in a way that I feel that I could support other individuals in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with, with that in mind, you, you mentioned early on about intuition mm-hmm. and wanting the three-step PDF. I still want the three-step PDF. So if anybody has it, I'll buy it from you for $99 on your Black Friday sale. So can you talk to just that? I guess it's like a slow practice. It's slower than we want. It's slower than we think. And like your experience on, I mean, that desire, right? To be led or guided from from within or above or whatever that means. Mm-hmm. It is that, right? It is a, it is a lifelong practice. It is a slow, a slowing down to hear, to feel. And um, I really needed to start that space with things that weren't charged or that I didn't have deep emotional ties to. I would one of the practices, one of the three-step practices was um, to feel into your body and, you know, see if there's a, see how your body responds. Do you lean forward? Do you lean back? Is there a sway? Like if, if you answer a yes or no question and it was so staticky everywhere in me, like it was so loud. And so I would ask a question, but something that I was so emotionally invested in and that I had such a death grip of knowing the answer that I of course never could get the answer. I couldn't hear anything because I was so set on, oh my gosh, it has to be yes. And what if it's no? And just this ping pong of insanity and in my system. And so learning how to just be still and be quiet, that doesn't mean that my body's still, but can there be a stilling of thoughts? Can there be a stilling of my breath to have an open space within my body to hear or to feel or to sense something? And then starting with the most mundane thing like it doesn't matter right should I wear this or this um there was a fun game of like what song do you think is going to be playing on the radio or like where what what way should you take to get to the gym what path should you go and just these really open neutral questions to come forward in and the more than that I had some proof or some stability in that then I could start to listen to some of the bigger things or something else that was and really understanding how that moves through my system, how that looks, how that feels and trusting some of the things. And and in that too, from here, I can say, knowing that I can't mess it up, it, it's, I, I can't pick the wrong thing. Whatever I pick is the thing that I get to pick and it will get me to where I need to be. It just might not look like I have it planned out to be in releasing that deep attachment from it has to look or feel this way for it to be whatever I think it's going to be in that space. And breathwork has been really helpful for me in, in facilitating breathwork to feel in my body. And when I'm holding space for another individual, oh, I can feel what's happening in their body or I can feel what's happening in their energy. And 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 honestly, again, like hearing the validation of that, when a breather will share that at the end, I'm like, oh, I got it. Like, that's what I felt too, or that's what I sensed. And so as I speak to the students, I'm like, let there be some validation in that. That's not a bad thing to feel excited or to have a connection when, when you hear or see something and you felt it, or you knew it, like, let that be, let that work for you as well. That's the most fun is like really getting in tune with your intuition like yeah. I did it. I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all know. We all have that, that knowing. We do. We just have to find our way to get it, to feel it, to sense it. And we always ask for at the end, if um if there's a message you want to give to our listeners, what would it be? Oh, don't buy the three plan PDF on how to listen to your intuition. <laughs> no, um, 
if there is any piece, any little nudge or just an inkling from anything that you hear in this, get curious about that, lean into that. And whether it's something that Josh or that Haley or myself shared or Haley, Hannah shared or myself shared, that's such a great guest on a podcast. Um, <laughs> I get that all the time. I get that all the time. I don't know where that's that came so from. It. It's um, a last name and her first name. I think so. Wish. I think so. That's I, it. I think, I think that's what happened because I, I literally get it all the time. Well, thank you for making me feel less yeah, like an ass than I do right no. now. Um, but lean, lean into that, right? Follow what that, follow the breadcrumbs of that and just see where that goes. See where that takes you. I love that message. Cause when you were sharing at the, your, at, right at the beginning, um, just, about your life and I feel like there's so many people in that that think everything's fine and dandy but there is that little voice that little tiny voice so I love that message to wrap it all up yeah yeah thank you you two are incredible you're both doing amazing work in this world and for individuals and for groups and the way that you share on here I've just in what I've gotten to hear and see from you and just see your evolution as you go deeper into the space has been really, it's such an honor. It really, really is such a deep and true honor to see people find this thing that is just for them and see where they get to bloom in that. So thank you for what you do and how you hold other spaces and, and create opportunities for people to get messages that they need to have. What a great episode. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, Let us know what you took from that. Leave some comments, share with a friend who also might resonate with the story. Um, Subscribe, like, all those things so that we can spread the word about our podcast. And so all of our beautiful stories that we get to hear from our amazing guests get to be shared around the world. We appreciate you as a listener. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where the journey of self-discovery and inner growth continues to unfold. We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and inspired you to embrace a more conscious and authentic existence by looking within. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe, And stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we'll continue to explore the transformative power of breathwork and emotional healing. Continue the conversation and stay connected with us on Instagram. Follow at Deeper Awareness Podcast to receive daily inspiration, valuable tips, and updates on our latest episodes and offerings. We'd love to hear your thoughts and insights from today's show. So feel free to share them in the comments below or tag us in your posts. Your engagement and feedback mean the world to us as we strive to continue to create content that resonates and empowers our incredible community. Together, we can continue exploring the depths of consciousness, fostering genuine connections, and supporting each other on our transformative journeys. This episode is brought to you by You Belong Breathwork, your destination for transformative healing and self-discovery. At You Belong Breathwork, we believe in the power of breath to unlock the deepest parts of ourselves, leading to profound insights and a greater sense of connection and belonging. Whether you're seeking emotional healing, a deeper connection with yourself, or a path to authenticity, our breathwork sessions, retreats, and coaching programs are designed to guide you on this transformative journey. Our experienced facilitators are here to hold space for you as you explore the depths of your consciousness and discover the infinite potential within. Visit youbelongbreathwork.com to explore our offerings and download a free guided breathwork session. Thank you for being a part of our deeper awareness community. Stay connected, stay curious, and may you embrace your true essence with love and compassion. Goodbye for now and see you in the next episode.